Okay, welcome back to the Curiously Guided Podcast. We're your hosts, Shay and Mariah, two intuitive business strategists exploring the intersection of entrepreneurship, spirituality, and the subconscious mind. If you're interested in exploring and learning how to integrate strategy with energetics to help you grow a profitable business in a way that feels good, you are definitely in the right place. All right, let's get into today's episode. Today, I feel like me and Shay want to talk about sales and sales calls as a business owner. Um, We feel as though there's like a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different information kind of floating around there. Some of it is quite empowering, other information, not quite empowering. So yeah, we just want to have like a really transparent conversation of like our philosophy about sales, about sales calls, kind of like what works for us and our clients and like how we, how we make sales calls fun. And some people might be like sales calls can be fun and like, dude, fuck yeah, they can. So yeah, that's kind of what we want to talk about today. So We'll just dive right into it. Shay, philosophy on sales. Like you just want to give us like your your overarching view on this and then we'll get into the details. Yeah. Uh, First of all, I'm so excited about this episode. Sales is one of my favorite topics to talk about of all time because I feel like it's one of those things that's gotten such a bad uh, rep and a lot of people have really weird stories around sales and selling yourself and putting yourself out there and what that means and and how it needs to be done. And we've all probably been in situations where a salesman probably maybe didn't act in the most integrity and maybe made us feel bullied or uncomfortable or pressured. And so we have all of these thoughts around what sales is, but if you break it down and get to the heart of it, all sales really is, is meeting someone, hearing their story, hearing about their problem, and then helping connect them to a solution. It's really an empowering thing. Like I'm going to hold space for you. I'm going to listen to what's going on. And I'm going to either tell you that I'm the right fit to take you from point A to point B, or I'm going to try to guide you in the right direction. But I think fundamentally, if you can shift the thought like sales is sleazy to more of sales is support, sales is empowering this person, um, that that shifted it from me of this place of like heavy ickiness to like lightness and excitement. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that especially when you own your own business, like whenever you started running your own business, whenever you started your business, you have to, you have to flip it because before you owned your own business, you were always being sold to. Mm. So it's that perspective of like, damn, Man, I can remember like some specific instances of when I walked away from a conversation feeling like, ugh, or just like off of social media, when you see an ad where you're like, oh my God, I literally feel like I'm being sold to. And it's just, it's not a fun feeling to feel that. So like as business owners, once we go from that perspective, when we've had like these negative experiences of being sold to, shifting that perspective As a business owner, I feel like that's where a lot of people get stuck. They're like, damn, I have felt sold to. I never want anybody to have that kind of experience with me. Showing up in that way is like not an integrity for like how I want to grow my business. And so I feel like it it freaks people out. It makes them not want to sell. 
But like, that's not the solution to the problem. The solution to the problem is becoming empowered about selling because like the ways that you've been sold to, those are just ways. Those aren't the only options. There's plenty of options on how to sell. That's such a great point. Um, I think that we're all, when I think of you brought up Instagram and selling online and what popped in my mind is how many people reach out to you either in the DMs on Instagram or for me, I get a lot of this on LinkedIn. It's like, I want to, it's just this copy and pasted message, you know, like I have this great product. I think you'd be a great fit. There's no like, hi, what's your name? (laughs) There's no attempt to build a relationship with me. It's just straight into the cell. And I, I often wonder like, does this ever work? And I think that a lot of us, when we think about sales, we think that that is the only way to go in with this really, that's like cold outreach, you know, and send out these spammy messages and, and push it out down people's, <laughs> yeah. down people's throats. And you're just like, so buy my thing. my thing is great. Buy my <laughs> thing. It's like, no, there's, there's another more empowering. There's another way. Yeah. That's the message I think is like, yes, that is a way. And those people will, are happy to send out 500 messages and one person converts. And for them, that's an efficient use of time. But for me, I'm not like about that life. So I really am trying to do things as quickly as efficiently as possible. And for me, that happens with more of um, a different approach. It's a slower burn. I like to build relationships sales calls is a part of it where I really like to get to know people and figure out if we're vibing, you know, if we're a good fit. And so this can be fun. It does not have to look like how you think it needs to look and full permission to design some kind of system that works for you and how you work. Um, You know, the idea of me being in making reels all day long and being in people's DMS is not really for me. Like that's not really where I spend a lot of my time. And so that doesn't really make sense for me, but I know a lot of women who are making bank selling only in Instagram DMS. So that's one thing we do want to talk about today is there's a bunch of ways to sell. (laughs) Um, it's all about getting to know yourself, self-awareness and putting together a a system that works well for you. Yeah. And I feel like even, just like me personally, the word system, I'm just like, "Mm, don't want it. Don't need it. Don't box me into a system. Can't do a system. I'm not doing the same thing with the same steps every single time. That personally is just how I work. So like to me, sometimes selling in the DMs feels really fucking fun. Yeah. And do it. And then sometimes selling on a sales call feels really fucking fun. And then sometimes selling in the DM sounds draining. No, thank you. Let's hop on a sales call. Sometimes thinking about a sales call, I'm literally like, "Mm, I would rather be in bed messaging you or sending you voice notes. So like, can't really handle it. So I kind of just wanted to share that, like, there's no right or wrong way. And whatever way you feel can change in the moment. And certain people work really well with systems, certain people I don't know. I just, I guess I don't like, like to me, it's just the whole thing of like following the fun, but like, and allowing that fun to change on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. The freedom of the fun. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, I'm with you. I love that, that reframe. I actually, I need, I like to have quote unquote system. Sorry if that's a triggering word of, (laughs) I, I go in with I have something. I know I, at the worst case scenario, I have this thing I can fall back on. 
but I need it so I can rebel against it. Like I can't have a routine or I have the same brain. I'm like, I got to make this fun. I got to do this differently. So for me, it's almost like this peace of mind of like, for, I have a sales call formula is what I call it. Like I need to understand the origin story. I need to understand your vision for the future. And then I can, and and I need to understand the problem that you're having right now, you know? So it's kind of like past now present. And then equals, if I'm adding, you know, A plus B plus C equals at that point in the sales call, I'm like, do I want to help this person? Am I the person now that I understand these data points to take them from where they're at to where they want to go? And if it's yes, then I'll go into, Hey, here's how I think that I could support you on this journey. And if the answer is no, and this is a boundaries thing that we can get back to a little bit later, but I say no. And I offer them maybe, um, another direction I think they could go in that matches where they're at in their business right now. But I've also been trying to get better about not wasting my time on a lot of those calls yeah. and great fits and trying to figure yeah. out, you know, that's the beauty of the call for me is I'm really evaluating them. Do I think this project is going to be fun for us? I have to, a lot of times my projects are six months long. I'm going to have to live with this person for a while. So the yeah. call for me gives me the opportunity to like really pick up their energy. Do we communicate well? Do we like feel inspired off each other as ideas? You know, it feels like it's really flowing. And that's really at the end of the day, what I'm looking for on a good sales call. Um, yeah. I, I know that a lot of people out there are trying to sell scripts And I really, if I could encourage everyone, don't try to follow someone else's script because it is going to come off as inauthentic. It's going to be hard to deliver in the energy that that person delivered in because that script was designed for them and the way that they do things. So do what Mariah and I love to do, which is kind of like get a bunch of examples and then filter it through your own lens and kind of create for me, it's been helpful just to have some kind of framework of here's the data I need to get out of this call so I can make that decision. Um, and I do a lot of pre-qualification too. They have to fill out an application even to get on a call with me. So I go in with data points. I know how much money they're making, how much money they want to make. So for me, it's been a process of what holes do I want to fill in on this call and how let's have a fun conversation to get there. <laughs> what does that look like today? You know, and it never looks the yeah. same. And, and that's, I like that you brought that up. Like it's kind of like freedom and form. For me, it's been a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And wow, this conversation, I feel like we're just hitting kind of different ends of the spectrum here. Yeah. Because like, yes, I think that definitely getting data and understanding, I kind of fall into the same thing where it's like, I'm definitely going to ask questions to see if you're in a place to invest. But honestly, a lot of the times before we hop on a call, I'm just like, yo, what do you need help with? And then I trust my intuition and I'm like, how am I feeling around this person? Do I want to hop on a sales call? And like, sometimes I'll send them a form to fill out. Other times, if I feel in my gut that it feels really good, sometimes I just jump on the call or sometimes I just send things in the DMs and I'm just like, listen, I'm just showing up to answer your questions and I'm showing up to kind of, to get to know you, because I think that a lot of people forget and they get stuck in this, in this thing that like sales calls is selling sales calls is selling this person into something that you're offering. And like, it's all about the potential client, but really it's about both of you. Sales calls are extremely beneficial for both because it's not just about answering the questions of the client. It's not just about like, proving that you're a good fit. Like that's really, that's not really what it's about. 
It's yeah. really about like you answering the questions and through answering the questions, you start to, to figure out if this person is in alignment with how you work with your services, if you really can help them or not. And if you want to help them or not, because you brought up a good point, like, do I want to offer them a solution that I have? Do I feel good about that? So I think that that's a question that we have to be aware of when it comes to sales, because otherwise, I think most of us have been in the situation where you sell because you think that you have to sell and they're like, yeah, take my money. And you're just like, yeah, cool. And then you haven't checked in with yourself to see if you actually want to work with them. And then you end up missing a whole bunch of red flags and then you end up resenting them or like not being excited about the project or whatever. And it just ends to drag it out. And then you're drained after you're done with your work, laying on the couch, eating ice cream, watching Netflix. Yeah. Like as a coping mechanism, because I'm like, I have been there numerous times, but it's like just being more honest with who you, who you vibe with, mm-hmm. like right from the get go, it's going to, it's going to save you a whole lot of energy in the long run. It's going to prevent those energy leaks and really allow you to like stand in your power and show up in the way that feels good for you. Oh yeah, that's great. I lo- what you brought up there is so key. A couple things actually. One is that we kind of glossed over this, but sales are important and sales calls are important because they set the tone for the rest of the relationship. So it's really important on that call to come in as, you know, the expert or the guide, whatever kind of word you want to put there. And, and how you do that is through asking questions thoughtful questions and really actively listening. And that that's what the expert does. The expert does not prove. And that, that I do a lot of coaching with creative entrepreneurs around how to sell their work and sales calls. And there's often this need to prove. I need to get on here. I need to show you all my portfolio. I need to show you all these things and talk about my services and talk about myself. Really, it's not about you. It's about them and asking them questions and making them feel seen and understood. And they wouldn't have reached out unless they already thought that you could be a possible solution to the problem that that you're having. There's nothing to prove. You're already, you're, you're already an opportunity. Like there's already a potential opportunity. Yes. If you can just walk away from a call with a client, making them feel seen and understood. And that happens through actively listening, asking thoughtful questions, kind of helping them pull together some pieces on the call, but not giving too much, which we can dive into a bit later. That's all you have to do. Did I make them feel seen and understood? And that's, that's what an expert does. They try to understand the problem before they diagnose. I think a lot of us, if you think about like going to a doctor, you wouldn't just like walk in, a doctor hands you a prescription and you walk out. You're skipping the whole, what's the problem? And then I can give you a solution step, right? And that's what we're doing on a sales call. We are trying to figure out the problem. And I think another misstep that a lot of people can take is that that need to prove can also show up as like, let me answer all your problems for you on this call. Ooh, <laughs> and and that, yes. that, that kind of turns into a boundary issue. And I, I have had, I've had a lot of um, creatives express this at the end of the call. Have you ever had someone just say, oh, well, I, I feel good. <laughs> Thanks for solving my problems. Like, why would I need this? You know, like I help a lot of people trying to solve brand strategies. So a lot of people will say, okay, well, thanks for the, the help. Why would I, I'm good, <laughs> you know? And so you don't want to, yeah. 
part of the sales call is keeping your process a bit mysterious. You know, you really want to get clear on that problem. You want to get clear on where they're headed so they can see the potential and the possibility and you can share that excitement with them. But anything in the middle, that's what you're helping them with, you know? So I have specific lines I use in calls where if I do feel like someone's like wanting to dive into something, I'll just say, yep, that's exactly what we'll dive in when we work together, you know? And I kind of draw the line there. Uh, we'll, we'll identify the problem and I'll say like, I've got some ideas around that, but then it stops. Don't feel like you need to prove anything on the call. You don't need to prove how smart you are. You know, they've already reached out to you, like you said. Um, really, you need to make them feel seen and understood. I think that is my TLDR of all of this. Yeah, yeah. And bringing up boundaries on the call and like not coaching or giving all of your solution on a sales call. That's yeah. why it's also really helpful to keep them around 15 to 20 minutes because that doesn't give that gives you a short enough amount of time to ask questions. Mm -hmm. And to really get the vibe of the person, but it also is like too short to coach them. Right. You know what I mean? Like it gives you time boundaries are really helpful here. If you're new to this. Yeah. I remember my sales calls used to be 30 minutes. And then I was like, what am I doing? Like I talk very fast, tend to be pretty thorough, but I end up spewing things, answering all of their questions pretty easily. But if I start getting into the nitty gritty details of things, then it obviously will take a lot of time. I also have like natural lines that I just kind of started coming out with randomly. I feel like I never really thought about this, but yeah, it's the same thing where it's just like, yeah, that's exactly what I help you with in this package. Or I really like referring to like the deliverables that are included in the package as the solution to the question that yeah, they're asking. Yeah, so good. yeah. So people will be like, so for SEO, for example, if I'm selling a package, they'll be like, okay, but like on page optimization, like where exactly do you put the keywords? Like, what do you do? And I just reaffirm and I go, yep, this package includes on page optimization for eight pages. I put the keywords in the best places that we have to, so that Google understands the content and so that it gets put in the right section of the filing cabinet. And, you know, I find these keywords based on the keyword research list that we create together. I'm not telling them you put your keywords here and here and here and here and here. Oh, do you have a pen and a piece of paper to write all of this down? Like yeah. they could, they could Google it and find out probably what I'm going to say, but if they wanted to Google it and figure it out, they wouldn't be on a sales call with me. Yeah. So like just referring. Yeah. And like just referring to your deliverables, yeah. I think is like a really great way to kind of keep the sales call condensed, helpful without giving too much. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, I've done really long sales calls, like hour and a half plus where I felt like, oh, we have to dive in deep in I, I do sales calls so much now, I can't let them go over 30 minutes. I, I don't have the emotional bandwidth for it. And I, I'm even trying to do less. Um, that is a fun practice to don't, I would encourage you to try not to let them go on too long. I, I imagine a lot of people out there are <laughs> relating to the really long sales calls. Um, practice what are the minimum thing? Like, what do I need at the bare essentials in this call? And give yourself some time constraint and try to practice that because that is also adding to the positioning of you are an expert, you know what you're doing. You know, we don't have endless time. Your time is valuable ultimately is what it's communicating. And so 
Yeah, I I think the time thing is very interesting and that comes up a lot. Yeah, and I think that, damn, I was just going to say something. Where did it go? It like popped out of my head. Oh, allowing the the client to lead the call. Yeah. Allow them to take the lead. You start off with, yo, I am so excited to talk to you about this. What questions do you have for me? That's literally how I start all of my sales calls. Like, where are you in the thought process? Do you have specific questions for me? I would love to answer them. I allow my clients to lead it. And then if like, you know how there's always like that awkward silence sometimes of like, if you don't know if they're done talking yet, or like, if you don't know if they have anything else, what I do is I just ask again, wow. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that this would be a really great fit. Do you like, is there any other questions coming up that I can help you navigate at this time? Like, is there anything else that like you're really wanting to know before moving forward? Is there anything that I can help you with? Like anything like that? I let them lead it. That way they feel really seen and heard. And I'm also understanding their perspective of my package, my service, me, like my business, like I'm allowing them to regurgitate what they think they know. And then I guide them along, along the process to see if my solutions end up being the solutions that are going to help them. Oh, I love that. That question of like, and what else is so gold. I've, I've always heard that in a lot of different contexts, but like it feels repetitive, but it's funny when you ask it, that's the client has like kind of gotten out all their initial stuff. And then that's really where you like can dive deep and get into the juicy stuff. So that question alone, I think is really powerful. And you brought up something it's funny as we're diving deeper and deeper into this call, I'm like, wow, I have a lot to say about this. This idea of the energy you start the call off with is mm. also very important. And this is a yes. practice we learned from a coach that we both had, Erin uh, Lindstrom. And she talks a lot about pre-call practice and this idea that, you know, I, for me, for example, before I get on a sales call, I will... I, I review, you know, their application. Um, I have a song that I go to and listen to. I take five deep breaths. I really try to get into a good energy so I can show up on the call in the energy you hold on the call, the client will come to. So if you get on a call and you're like, Hey, what's up? Uh, that, what's going on with you? That's much different than you. Like, <laughs> hi, I'm so excited to get, I've been so excited to talk to you. I really would love to hear more about your business. You know, like show up in that high energy and the client will meet you there and you'll be amazed at the difference. You, you're responsible for that energy. And for me, I have to have a practice to get that energy going before I get on the call. But I, that, that alone has been a game changer for me. How about you, Mariah? Yeah. And if you're not able to show up in that energy of excitement, that's an invitation for you to look at limiting beliefs. Yeah. That's an invitation for you to look at maybe some money mindset shit happening. That's an invitation for you to see if your business, your offerings, and your packages are even in alignment with what you want to offer. Yep. So like, that's why it's so important to take note of this, but also just know that like, you don't, yeah, the pre-sales call practice is so helpful so helpful because it's like oftentimes we're jumping into a sales call in like the middle of our day or in the beginning of our day and like maybe we didn't just come off of another sales call so it's like how do we get in that headspace ready to have 
a, a high energy conversation with somebody that we could potentially be working with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what, what really helps for me is like, I just shake my body, jump up and down a few times, shake on my arms, shake my head. I kind of just like get it all out. That feels really energizing to me. Um, and then usually I'll take a sit at my desk, kind of like you, I relook at like, if I have any information about them, I might look at their website just so I have a brief idea. And then I take some deep breaths and allow them into the meeting. And I also keep like, before I even shake it out, I'm kind of just like, listen, whatever is meant to be, will be whatever is meant for me. I can't fuck it up. So like I am unattached to the fact of if they book or not. I'm cool yes, if they do, if we're a good fit. Yeah. And I'm also cool if they don't, if they're not a good fit, I'm okay with that. Because if you go into the call of like, I absolutely need these people to book or I'm not going to hit my goal. I'm not going to hit blah, 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 blah. Whatever the case may be, you instantly show up in the energy of like, desperation. I need this to work. And that is not, it's not a place where we can show up as our higher empowered selves. Yes. That's so key. Thank you for bringing that up. I think I hear that a lot of, I need this job. Yeah. Shay, it's easy for you to say this, but like, I need this job. But the problem is when you show up in that need energy, clients can feel it. And it's immediately taking you out of, um, the authority position you're trying to come in as right. You know, as a high value provider of whatever it is that you're selling. So I, I have this phrase. I just say to myself, I'm not thirsty. You know, I, I, I'm not thirsty. And I, if I feel worried about a call, I have that anxiety, you know, jitters. I'm not thirsty. I don't need this. And I don't, it doesn't matter if you are thirsty, we need to address other problems. You know, we're talking to people that at the end of the day, I know I can go out and hustle and get money if I need to, if I need to pay the bills, I know I can go out and get money if I have to. Don't, you don't ever need a project. I, I just want to like reiterate that I, even how big and important and special the opportunity feels, if you can detach from outcome, you at the end of the day are not thirsty and do not absolutely need that project. There's other things you can do to provide for yourself. That is empowering. And that energy shift will pay off boatloads. So the phrase that I use and pick one that works for you is, I'm not thirsty. I'm not thirsty. And that always like kind of snaps me out of it when I get in that kind of anxiousy, panicky, oh my God, I, I need this so bad, you know, or I want it so bad or whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just like laughed when you said I'm not thirsty. Cause it just reminds me of like some really great, I don't know, songs. Yeah. <laughs> like hip hop songs. It makes me want to go like dance in my kitchen. Um, but yeah, no, I, I completely agree. It's kind of just trusting that like whatever is meant for you, you can't fuck it up. Also keep in mind, human you doesn't know shit. We don't know shit. We really can't see the bigger perspective, the bigger opportunities, the the bigger plan, like fucking God's plan, the universe, like, I don't care how you want to think about it. But at the end of the day, where we are right now, we can only see what's happening in the physical 
And there's a lot more that's happening than just in the physical. Yes. So, yeah, I agree with what you said when it's like, if, if you feel thirsty or if you feel that, that little ping of like desperation or that little like feeling needy, I think that there's other things to kind of jump in. It's the same thing in a relationship when you're dating people, it's, it feels a little repelling when somebody shows up really needy Mm -hmm. where you're just like, Ooh, man, I feel like this person has some things to work on themselves and they're expecting me to solve their problems. And like, I'm not here to take on that responsibility. It's the same thing. Like having sales calls and dating is very, very similar. Like when you're dating, you want to show up in your power. You want to be like, whatever's meant for me, I can't fuck this up. I'm here to get to know this person to see if there is a relationship of any kind in the future, if there's a potential. I'm not showing up to this date to propose. I'm not like sitting here begging you to please be with me. You know, it's this, it's the same thing with sales calls. That's why I think it's so important to change the perspective from like sales are sleazy. I need this. I need to hit a goal. I need to hit this thing. I need this project too. Wow. This is like fun. I get to have a conversation with somebody that is interested in what I help people with. And we're just going to, we're going to see if we're a good fit. It's an opportunity to connect with another person. It's an opportunity to build a relationship. And it's also an opportunity to empower someone in whatever way it is that your business empowers people. Like that's one thing when I am feeling scared or nervous, if I can, in my head, I'll try to switch that to, I'm so excited to help this person get their TED talk or get the book deal or get a million dollars, whatever the goal is. I'm so excited to be a part of that journey and help them. And that turns into such a wonderful, fun, exciting feeling. And that was a big switch for me. And I, you know, I really love the dating analogy and I think it extends nicely to something else we wanted to touch on, which is this idea of objections and follow-ups. So the, the follow-ups thing really, I thought was a great parallel. How bad is it to go on a date with someone? And then the next five days, they're like, Hey, how are you? You know, like constantly every single day harassing you with messages. That's a turnoff right? That neediness. And I think the same thing, and this is very, this may be scandalous to say, but (laughs) most sales best practices will tell you, you need to follow up, just badger the shit out of them every single day. (laughs) Ask them again, you know, get, get on a call with them again, you know, really pressure them into making a decision. That's kind of the standard practice. And I do understand how statistically that may lead to more sales, but in my experience, it leads to, I kind of feel like I'm hoodwinking people. It kind of, if you use all of these tactics to kind of emotionally manipulate people, and then they agree and say yes, in the excitement and the fury of it all, then what about the rest of the relationship? You know, they're going to get in and kind of be like, oh, wait, this wasn't a great fit. And then it turns into a nightmare client. And so again, this whole idea of like the sales calls is so important, not for all the reasons we think it's really for the setting the tone of how the rest of the project will go. And I don't want to try to trick people into working with me. And I don't want to try to bully them and force them. So when people ask me about follow-ups and how to handle objections, 
I come at it from a very like, if this is a hell yes for you, let's run. And if it's not, I'm not going to try to change your mind. It's not right now. Maybe in the future it will be, you know, but if you have objections, I'm going to hear them. Of course, I'm going to make you feel seen and understood. I'm going to answer it in whatever way I feel comfortable answering it and try to support you. But if you still have hesitation, quite frankly, I don't want to work together. It's not a great fit and that's fine. You know, so this idea of I need to study all these objections, questions, and answers so I can be prepared to answer anything. It's all under this mentality of like, we're trying to manipulate people and, and like, oh, you have fears about this? Well, let me give you this answer that's like specifically designed to address this pain point of fear. It just all feels very manipulative to me. And the idea of following up a million, billion times and kind of, when are we gonna get on the call again? You know, like, it's just, I don't wanna work with people and I don't want to start my projects off in that energy. So that is my reframe on this is I don't think objections need to be handled. You know, <laughs> do the best you can answer the questions. I don't think follow up in a way that feels good, um, the way that you feel like you would like to be followed up with. A lot of times I'll tell clients, you know, think of the last time that you got sold to by somebody. What did they do and how did you react to it? And for me, if I have a salesman following up with me and texting me and calling me and I didn't ask them to, that's like a big red flag. There's no way I'm ever going to work with them. So I'm never going to do those tactics on other people, even though I know that it converts better, you know, but at the end of the day, I have to live with this person. So I don't, <laughs> I just want yeah. it to be a good fit. My goal is more good fits, more fun on the call, but more fun throughout the whole project. And so that's kind of the angle I take on it. What do you think about all that stuff? Yeah, I think like guilt yes. is a word that keeps coming up for me. Nobody likes to be guilted into something Guilt is not a feeling and energy that I like to willingly toss myself into, nor do I like to feel that before making a purchasing decision. So yeah. I approach it from the fact of like, I ain't trying to guilt nobody. Like it's, it's kind of just like, okay, objections. I don't see them as objections. I yeah. see them as people having questions. They have questions. And if people want to take time to sit with shit before they make a decision, especially if your package is are a lot of money, allow them to sit with this. You are empowering them to show up and make an empowering decision that feels good for them. When they feel empowered to make a decision that aligns with what they want, the results are going to be so much better. It just will. And it's kind of like, so I guess with follow-ups, here we go again with Mariah just following her intuitive hit. I'm like, if I even want to follow up with somebody. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like some people sometimes. don't get a follow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and some people, some people, I just intuitively know when they're ready. Like they know that I'm here. Yeah. We've had the conversation. If they feel really drawn to work with me, they will reach out because I left the ball in their court. And I have been in some some communities where people are like, you need to do at least one follow-up a few days later and then another follow-up like a week later. And I've tried that in my business and I'm pretty sure I've gotten a client or two from that. But my whole thing is that a lot of the times those clients ended up extending the project and it ended up taking a lot longer because they weren't in a place where they were ready they for, ready. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they didn't feel empowered and they, 
they weren't ready for the level of communication and collaboration that I expect when I'm working with people. So it's also like, if you're really excited to work with me, you, you will tell me, you will tell me, I will also give you the space to tell me. And I'll ask if like, if you want to move forward and, you know, just those invitations and things like that. I very rarely follow up now. I just, I, I really don't. I'm kind of just like at the end of the call. (laughs) Yeah. I'm kind of just like at the end of the call, Hey, like, does this feel good for you? Like, how, how are you feeling about it? And I just get to know where they're at. And some people are like, listen, I need some time. Some people will ask me, Hey, can you follow up with me next week? I have to sit with this. Great. Then I talk to Siri on my phone. I go, please remind me to follow up with blah, blah, at whatever time. Other than that, some people are like, actually, I'm really good to go now. Can you send me the link to the invoice? I say, absolutely. Some people will leave it as like, I want to think about this. Like, I'm not sure. I'm talking to some other people. That's fine. Usually, ever since I stopped following up, people meet me at my level of energy and they let me know. Yeah. If they found somebody else, if they don't think that it's a good fit right now, if the investment is too much, too little, whatever it is, people meet me. And like, that's kind of just how I do it. I don't have a list of leads that I have to like follow up with all the time. I allow the universe God to like support me, to bring people to me, to, I create the situations and the experiences to allow these people to be magnetized to me in whatever way that that means. That's good. It's kind of, that's kind of how I handle follow-ups. I I don't. Unless I do, and then I do, and then I don't. I mean, I don't think that there's like concrete answers, responses, scripts. It's just like be a human that wants to support your people, and the rest really does fall into place once you start to trust that. Give us an example. I think you're right on the money with that. Of you have to create containers that let you get out into the world, let you be seen and magnetize people to you. And that happens. And you are a great example of that. So give us a few examples, like real tangible examples of how you do that in your business. Of how I show up and allow people to kind of chat with me. And like magnetize that magnetization. How are you doing that? Yeah. Yeah. So great question. I feel like we could have a full episode on this, but I was actually (laughs) just, I was just thinking about this when I was driving somewhere yesterday. It's three things really like organic SEO, creating content that helps people has always been just like super easy for me. That's why I offer like SEO packages, services, and like the intensive sessions, because I believe in the power of showing up for people that are searching for you on Google. That's an easy foundational piece for me. I built my whole business by being on in searchable places. I got on as many directories as I could that I thought people would be searching on. And that's where my first leads came from. It's so powerful and so overlooked. Be it's so underrated. It's so underrated. Be in searchable places. (laughs) Yeah. There as the answer to the questions your people are searching for. Like it sounds so straightforward, but it's like so. I feel like I hear a million marketing tactics a day and hardly anyone is like, this is where all the low hanging fruit is, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it really is. That's why I'm so passionate about like yeah. creating a stable foundation for your business, which includes like a website that's searchable on Google and in other places. So yeah, that's been one really great way. The other way, relationships 
it's relationship building. It's yeah. getting myself in, in communities, creating friendships with humans on a human to human level. It's creating good client experiences, supporting my people so that like they do my marketing for me. I get a lot of my clients word of mouth. And that's because I am so like, I like strict isn't the word, but like, I am so into communication and collaboration that I allow my people to feel supported by me and they love that, but I'm only allowed to do that because I give a shit about what I'm helping them with. That's a big thing too. So like relationship building, getting on coffee chats, being in community, that has been insanely huge for me. And then the third thing, you got to find out where you want to show up. How do you want to show up? You can literally pick any way that you want to show up and show your face. Mm-hmm. And I know that some people are like, damn it. Like, come on, like, like for real, like for real, for real. And that has been a huge game changer for me. I started a YouTube channel like five years ago. Now I was horrified, only read from scripts, like shaky before I recorded come a long way, but the more that you do it, the more comfortable that you, that you start to feel with it and having bullet points. And I feel like Instagram stories and Instagram reels have been even easier to allow me to do that because YouTube, I always get like, wow, this YouTube video is literally going to be searchable on YouTube. So many people can find it. Like who knows who's looking at this? Like, I don't know. Like, it seems very like high level. I'm not sure if I want all of that. Please don't look at me. Instagram. I feel like it makes it more fun. It makes it more personable. Like you get to have a say in who follows you and who sees your stuff. You get these different opportunities to show up in which they can be live. They can be recorded. They can be fun. They can be serious. They can be how to's like, there is so much flexibility with it, but I do think that showing up and talking about what you care about is insanely important because your passion, your energy, that's what magnetizes people to you. And it's like your website SEO. That's great. That's amazing foundational piece, but also allowing people to see you in your power is like immeasurable. Yeah. Mm, that's good. That's really good. And and it doesn't showing up, you know, this could be a whole, this is gold lead generation, how to actually get people to come to the sales calls. Cause a lot of people, the issue isn't, but the issue is the call, but it's also, I don't have any leads even coming in. I don't even have anybody booking sales calls. And I, that, those three things are really crystal clear. I love that. And that's exactly how I built my business. We already talked about the searchable databases. Relationships for me have been key. I ask myself every day, like, did I water a relationship today? I just do that naturally. I love mm-hmm. meeting people, building relationship and that showing up as a human and just being a friend has been so valuable for business building. And then the third piece showing up, you know, for Mariah, that looks like showing up online and she's incredible at making content. But for me, what that looked like pre COVID and even a little bit now, I just try to, I tried to go as many, any, 
go to as many in-person things as possible, meet people and tell them about what I'm doing and what I want. And I was like, you know what, if I can just get out there and tell enough people about what I'm building, I know that they're going to keep me in mind and they're going to refer opportunities my way when they come along. And there's this idea of in sales about being top of mind for people. And so my strategy was, I'm just going to go. And now since COVID, what I've done is I've joined, I'm a learner. So I'm joining all these courses and I'm really participating in the community aspect and I'm meeting people and I'm doing coffee chats and I'm just building this network and I'm telling people what I want and what I'm building and they connect me to the opportunities and that's without ex without expectations yeah exactly it's amazing yeah. and without exceptions and that's what I thought you were going to say this oh both for me <laughs> yeah. yeah like um and so showing up it, can look in a, like a bunch of different things, but it is really empower. It's powerful. You have to be, someone once gave me this visual and it was helpful. Like you have to be the person out in the world with a megaphone yelling about your business in some way, because nobody else will, you know, and you're never going to get yourself out there. And it's a good practice. It may feel awkward, but the more you can talk about what you do, the smoother and smoother you get at the delivery of this is what I do. This is the value I offer for who. And then all of a sudden your sales calls are getting easier. So it's like a win-win. Just get out there, be talking about what you do in front of people who you think may be interested. And that's it. Like that is amazing. I love that three-step framework. I think that is so valuable. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. And I feel like it's like with keeping the perspective in mind of like being of service, mm -hmm. just be of being of service. Like you're showing up and talking about your business from a perspective of being of service, yeah. from a perspective of I'm talking about this because I care so much about it because I know that I can help people. Mm -hmm. I know that I can help people. And I know there's people out there that have the problems that I help them solve. Yeah. And by me talking about it, I'm allowing them to see different solutions that are possible. And I think that that is so important. And like, yeah, I would love to have an episode just talking about like lead generation or even just like showing up like different ways too, because like I say, show your face. That's what's worked really, really, really well for me. But also there's so many different social media channels. Like you said, you like in-person stuff. Like to me, that was never, that was never my thing. I was like, please don't make me put on pants and go and talk to humans. <laughs> like I would just rather do it on my own time. The flexibility, the freedom. I like to save my social battery for like my family, my boyfriend and like my friends in my life, which clients end up becoming friends and, you know, all of those relationships and things like that. But there are so many different ways to grow a business. Yeah. So many, but in order to move forward, you have to sit with yourself and figure out what feels fun for you. Yeah. What feels fun right now and what feels fun right now might not feel fun in three weeks and that's okay. You're allowed to change it up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if the idea of talking to humans sounds horrible, that's great. <laughs> Write a blog and get it on media. Yeah. You know, like get it in a place where people can search for it. People will read that and they'll be drawn to, you know, the way you express yourself with words. And that will, you know, have a seat, have a bio at the bottom with a link to your website. You know, that's a great, there's just, 
you can't tell me it's not possible for any person. Like we can find all the personalities and we can design a way to do this. Don't feel, we live in a very loud world where it's easy to think that the only way to be successful and get people is to be loud and be out there and be on TikTok and be making reels every day. And that is one way, no doubt, but there are so many ways to skin that cat. And what you said, and we've brought this theme up a couple of times of this episode it all comes back to self-awareness. What do I like to do? What feels fun? And how can I design something that facilitates that process and doesn't make me want to put a fork in my eye, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that's just like a really good full circle ending is like when you feel lit up by how you're selling, how you're showing up, the sales calls feel fun. Yep. So just know, like if sales calls don't feel fun for you right now, it's okay. We've all been there. Use it as an invitation to do a little bit of self-reflection. What would make it feel fun? Let's make this shit feel easy. As humans, we are so used to overcomplicating every aspect of our life down to like what I feel like putting in my coffee in the morning. So it's like, how can we just make this easy? How can it be easy? It can be as easy as we allow it to be. Mm -hmm. Sales can be fun. Let's keep it fun. Make it fun. I love fun. Fun is cool. (laughs) And it can be simple. We do not need some crazy ass funnel. You know, like that's another, a lot of jargon in this world. Allow it. So that's what it's more of an allowing. Can I really come at this with a simple, can I let this be simple? Can I let it be easy? Can I let it be fun? despite what I think it should be based on all this story and programming we have that that's allowing really wrong to me there. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's basically, that's it. That's it. Sales calls can be fun. So yeah, I think we're going to close this episode down. It feels like a really good place to, to kind of take a pause here. So yeah, if you guys listening enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with somebody that you think would also love it. Share it on social media, tag us, let us know what you loved about it or what topics you'd like us to explore next. Also DM us with any questions, feedback, whatever you're feeling. We seriously like love connecting with you. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm in the DMs sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) okay and as always thank you so much for listening and for your support consider subscribing to the podcast or leaving us a five-star review so we can all continue to grow together and until next time remember that you have the power to create whatever the hell you want follow the nudge ask questions and let curiosity guide the way and we'll see you in the next episode